that God alone could alter her sterility. Her prayers were constant. She stayed praying even when she had a broken heart, pouring out tearful prayers to the Lord. Hannah knew where to go with her problems. The third thing was she was devoted to her home. According to his perfect will, God gave Hannah a son, Samuel. She was totally committed to stay in the home until that life and that little child was trained. She had important work to do, not only nursing, but cherishing and instructing her child. Hannah understood how vital those early years are when 90% of their personality is formed. And I, I don't want moms that have to go out into the workforce feel uh, feel bad about that because we're living in a very expensive society that requires many times not only the dads but also the moms to go to work. But I want to remind you ladies that it is those formative years that 90% of your child's personality is formed. In the case of Hannah, she, she prepared him for those formative years for a lifetime of serving God. Such a high calling. For those of you who are mothers, think about Hannah this Mother's Day. Be devoted to your husband. Be devoted to God. And be devoted to your home. That's the high calling. In fact, I will say that is the greatest calling. For those of you who are mothers, and for those of you who are mothers and you recognize in fact, for those of you that have mothers that are still alive, you recognize that this Mother's Day is a special day. For those of you that have mothers that have passed along, you also recognize that this is a special day. We need to look in love beyond any of our shortcomings and honor the one who introduced us to life. To celebrate Mother's Day, I begin by remembering the many biblical stories of motherhood, stories that too many of us forget, and there are lack of words to celebrate every one of them. But I'm going to go through a few today. I remember Dinah and Joseph. They were the children of Jacob and Rachel. They buried their mom on the way to Bethlehem, leaving her grave behind. I know too many children who have faced this day suddenly without their mother. I remember Rachel and Sarah and Elizabeth, and I have celebrated with ladies who hold their newborn child to find it that it is simultaneously the greatest gift and also the hardest task. I imagine the hundreds of women who never married in name of Scripture because they were unable to bear children and pass their family, pass on their family's faith. We are sorrowful with women facing miscarriage and infertility and loneliness. I remember Rahab and Deborah and Joanna and Phoebe, women whose work surprised or, or surpassing uh, or somehow outweighed the need to record whether or not they had children. Were they childless by choice or were they childless by circumstance? I remember the unnamed woman, mother of Moses, 
and the daughter of Pharaoh. Somehow they were linked together, yet so separate. One gave up her child to save her child. The other took that child in despite of the risks. I remember all the women who have given up their children in hope of a better life for them. I remember every woman who has made family through adoption, who has taken in a child not of her own, because bone of bones is not always how family is made. I remember Naomi who said, call me bitter. I remember the unnamed wife of Job. Uh, I know how, how uh, there are too many women who, who have buried their children whose lost lives, are, they are separated forever. I remember Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and Tamar, the daughter of David. I remember Hagar. She was sent unto the wilderness to die, her son Ishmael by her side. I know many women raising their children alone, facing the pressure of being a mom and a dad most of the time, carrying the load of work, finances, and raising their children. I remember Rebecca and her twins, Esau and Jacob, already at war within her. I remember Hannah, her heart so wounded by abuse of her husband's other wife that she wept at the altar of God until she could not speak. And how Eli, the holy priest, assumed that she must have been drunk because she was praying so hard. I remember the woman at the well silenced and shunned by divorce. I remember the Syrophoenician woman alone unsupported and persistent beyond comprehension on behalf of her dying child. I remember Mary Magdalene, the reformed harlot. In her testimony, she gave birth to the church. I remember Mary, the mother of Jesus, a teenage girl cradling her stomach with wonder, shamed by many, but yet she still brought the greatest gift into our world. I remember Eve, the mother of us all. Her name is a reflection of the Hebrew word for life. I remember each woman who has found an inner courage to face impossibility. Everyone I mentioned and far more were mothers who battled through opposition, who battled through fear, who battled through circumstances, and yet they prevailed. A few women in our day, or I'm sorry, a few women in our day bring children into the world under perfect circumstances. Fewer women than ever are able to stay at home and raise their children, balancing work and home and family. Moms do their best and should be recognized for it. It may not be politically correct by today's standards, but Hannah was devoted to her husband devoted to God, and she was devoted to her home. So ladies and mothers, I, if you can do that, you will be successful. I would like to this morning echo Proverbs who says, Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. She works with her hands. She brings food from afar. She works day and night. She is strong. She is merciful, she is wise, she is kind. 
Proverbs 31, 27 and 28 says, She looketh well unto her ways, unto the ways of her husband, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praiseth her. Then in verses 30 and 31, it says, Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gaze. Every mother is a, a person who sacrifices a lot. They sacrifice for their children. And so today we honor you for all that you do and all that you are. It is appropriate that we set aside at least one day a year, but obviously is not enough. Because I look out at the faces of precious moms that are here in this audience today. And I don't know what your stories are, all of you. I don't know what all of you have faced and all of you have gone through. I do remember being in the hospital when my wife gave birth. And I want to tell you something. I am glad I was born a man. Are there any other men that want to, uh, you know, say, thank God for that? <laughs> Praise God. I remember my wife holding my hand as those pains would come. And every time I felt the bones crushing and I was just hoping that I would make it through. Obviously, I'm being a little facetious, but moms, you are so special, and you are so great. And we are so glad to be able today to honor you and thank you for what you've done, what you have done. And single mothers especially are worthy of do double honor because they sacrifice and they serve as the dual, dual role of both parents and provider also. To our older moms today and grandmothers and great-grandmothers, you are examples of loving godliness. In Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, as our musician would come, the Bible talks about the aged women. I know my me message is short this morning, but we are here to honor moms and not just stand here and listening to preaching. But let me get back to Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. It says, the aged women also likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women also to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. As I have read that scripture, I'm going to read on in just a moment. I find in our society today, that there are moms that do not know how to love their husbands and love their children. I, I don't believe that's here. But in our society, there are many ladies, many mothers that have to be taught how to love their children and how to love their husbands. The next verse goes on. It talks about how that Again, this is the elders teaching the younger to be discreet, chaste, keepers of the home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. There is a great need in our society. I was talking to somebody recently about that. 
for older mothers to teach younger mothers because many of you have come from broken homes. Some of you were not raised with your maternal mom, with your mother. You may have been raised by a grandmother, an aunt, or someone else. It's possible that there's even somebody here that doesn't even know who your mother was. You've never met her because you were adopted. And some mom chose to love you. I would say if you are the result of an adoption, don't hate that mother that decided and chose to become your mother because she chose you and she's loved you and she's taken care of you. Being a foster parent for many years, I know how difficult it was for children to leave their parents' homes and have to go to a stranger's home. But thank God there's some that are there that are willing to take others in and to love them just like their, their own children, just like their own. And so moms, I would like you to remain seated for just a moment. And I would like everybody else in the audience to stand. Again, moms, if you would remain seated for just a moment. And if everybody in the audience, everybody else in the audience would stand, I think it's appropriate that we would give you a standing ovation for all that you've done. Now, if everybody could stand, I'd like us to sing this chorus. One more time. I'm so glad. 
as we travel the sun. I'm a part of the family, the family of God. One more time, Brother Milton, if you would come.